Greetings, family. Welcome to today's reading, 365 Daily Reading. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to today's reading. We'll be reading Luke chapter 12, verses 35 to 59. I'll go ahead and get just started. <clears throat> be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning, as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth. He himself will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn. But whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. Understand this. If a new If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Peter asked, Lord, is that illustration just for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, A faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. But what if the servant thinks, my master won't be back for a while, and he begins beating the other servants, parting and getting drunk, partying. The master will return unannounced and unexpected, and he will cut the servant in pieces and banish him with the unfaithful. And a servant who knows what the master wants but isn't prepared and doesn't carry out, those instructions will be severely punished. But someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only slightly. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. I have come to set the world on fire, and I wish it were already burning. I have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me, and I am under a heavy burden until it is accomplished. Wow. Do you think I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I have come to divide people against each other. From now on, families will be split apart. Three in favor of me and two against, or two in favor and three against. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, and mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Then Jesus returned to the crowd and said, When you see clouds beginning to form in the west, you'll say, Here comes a shower, and you are right. When the south wind blows, you say, Today will be a scorcher, and it is. You fools, you know how to interpret the weather signs 
of the earth, the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the present times. Why can't you decide for yourself what is right? Why can't you decide for yourself what is right? When you are on the way to court with your accuser, try to settle the matter before you get there. Otherwise, your accuser may drag you before the judge you will, who will hand you over to an officer who will throw you into prison. And if that happens, you won't be free again until you have paid the very last penny. Amen. Let me read the uh, study, then I'll give you a chance to speak, please. Anticipation, preparation, readiness, vigilance, these ideas permeate Jesus' words in the last half of Luke 12. His words can be troubling to us because we don't know what to expect or when to be ready. Jesus didn't give the disciples a timetable either. The unknown timing of Christ's return is not a trick to catch us off guard. God is not withholding from us important details about his plan. If God's word does not tell us, then we do not need to know. If we don't need to know, then we should not be preoccupied with figuring it out. Rather, we should focus on what we do know. Jesus does not tell us when to be ready. Instead, he tells us how to live. This is what we know. So anticipation, preparation, readiness, and visions can be also summed up in another word. Obedience. By being obedient to what we know, we will fulfill all those other things. And God is fair and will judge us in light of what we know, not what we are ignorant of. And one of the safest ways to reassure that you are connected, and all this that I just read, because we are in Christ Jesus, is to say, thank you, God, I'm a misfit. (laughs) Uh, Some of you may not... accept that some of you may think it's uh, not scriptural but in reality it it gives you peace if you say it three times because notice how he said uh, why can't you decide for yourself what is right when you are in the way to court so that you accuse you of Satan and and then I'm saying I have no sin I'm perfect without Christ Try to settle the matter before you get there. In other words, our advocate, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, is there. Okay, yeah, I'm a sinner. I need salvation. Yep, I agree with the accuser before you get to the judge. (laughs) Who will throw you into prison. But I could be wrong in this interpretation, but that because of this last verse, it says, and, and if that happens, you won't be free until you have paid the very last penny. So, but, okay, that's all I have for right yeah, now. I think Thank you. Using that as, um, like a, just a, not a parable, but just to kind of, I don't know, that really, when I read that. Um, Does it make sense that, uh, amen. Why not, why not? Um, he who has ears. I got big ears. As I get older, they're getting bigger and bigger. I have ears. (laughs) Let's go ahead and do a little more research and see what the Recovery Bible says. That's a really good... Well, that's where you want to... We we want to read these things over in the... uh, In the Amplified Bible, or... We have time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or in the... 
Oh, you have the Bible. Yeah. All right, it stands for reason. Let's go ahead and read this again in the uh, Be Ready. Be prepared for action at a moment's notice. Verse 35. Be like servants who anticipate their master's return from a wedding celebration. They are ready to unlock and open the door for him at a moment's notice. What great joy is ahead for the awakened ones who are waiting for the master's return. He himself will become their servant and wait on them at his table as he passes by. He may appear at midnight or even later, but what great joy for the awakened ones whenever he comes. Of course, if they knew ahead of time, the hour of time, the master appearing, they would be alert, just as they would be ready if they knew ahead of time that a thief was coming to break into their house. Amen. So keep being alert and ready at all times, for I can promise you that the Son of Man will surprise you and will appear when you don't expect him. Lord, Peter asked, does this apply only to the twelve of us, or is it for everyone else as well? Peter asked. The Lord said, a trustworthy and thoughtful manager who understands the way of his master will give, be given a ministry of responsibility in his master's house, serving others exactly what they need at just the right time. And when the master returns, he will find that his servants has served him well. I can promise you this. He will be given a great reward and will be placed in, as an overseer of everything the master owns. But what if the servant says in his heart, My master delays come coming and knows when he returns? Are you reading in the Passion Translation too? Because of the delay, the servant elevates himself and mistreats those in his master's households. Instead of caring for the ones he was appointed to serve, he abuses the other servants, both men and women. He throws drunken parties for his friends and gives himself over to every pleasure. Let me tell you what will happen to him. His master will suddenly return at a time that shocks him, and he will be removed the the abusive, selfish servant from his position of trust. He will be severely punished and assigned a portion with the unbelievers. Every servant who knows full well what pleases his master, yet who does not make himself ready and refuses to put his master's will to action, will be punished and with many blows. But the servant who does not know his master's will and unwittingly does what is wrong will be punished less severely. For those who have received a greater revelation from their masters are required a greater obedience, and those who have been entrusted with great responsibility will be held more responsible to their masters. And Jesus, this is where it touches my heart because Jesus is, is, as a matter of fact, if I got to go through this and die on the cross for you guys, I'm, you guys got to pay attention to this. Or, or I come to set the earth on fire and how I long for every heart to be already ablaze with the fire and passion of God, Holy Spirit. But first, I must be immersed into the baptism of God's judgment for the world. And I am consumed with passion as I wait its fulfillment. 
Don't think for a moment that I came to grant peace and harmony to everyone. No, for my coming will change everything and create hostility among you. From now on, even family members will be divided over me and will choose sides against one another. Fathers will be split off against sons and sons against fathers. Mothers will be against daughters and daughters against mothers. Mother-in-law will be against brides and brides against mother-in-law, all because of me. Jesus then said to the crowds gathered around him, When you see a cloud forming in the west, don't you say, A storm is brewing, and then it arrives. And when you see a field, a salt wind blowing, you say, A heat wave is on the way. And so it happens. What hypocrites! You are such experts at forecasting the weather, but you are totally unwilling to understand the spiritual significance of the time you're living in. You can't even judge for yourself what is good and right. When you are wrong, it is better that you agree with your adversary and settle your dispute before you have to go before a judge. If not, you may be dragged into court and the judge may find you guilty and throw you into prison until you have paid off your fine entirely. What you think about that, honey? Oh, it's very good. Um, I like the way it opens up and it says, uh, be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning. Um, that's that's we're keeping our, our our lamps burning by reading the Word of God and being and filling ourselves up. So when we do go out in service, you know, we're able to, you know, um, what do you call it? You know, bring God that God's presence is with us where we go and we have good success. Um, because without that, how can we encourage others if we don't, if we, if we don't, if we aren't in tune with God's will, okay? Um, so, uh, that kind of just really stood out for me. Wow, I've got to really always be polished up to, and be ready for service, Right? Because God may, you may say, ah, you want all this done, clean these papers up. But God says, I want you to go help Chewy. You know, I mean, so you have to be ready to go <laughs> and obey, can you, you know. Can you bring up the message Bible, please, when you get a chance? Okay. Um, certainly we need, I like Bibles that say, um, you know, I don't know, Bibles that give us a, a different point of view on it because... <clears throat> <clears throat> okay, the message is here. Alrighty. Um, Starting with 35, I guess. Okay. Uh, 1235. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the fire that's in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for the fire of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And boy, so many people try to understand why the mother-in-law and the bride don't get along. Because one of them is born again and the other one isn't. Why the father turns against the kids, oh, wow. kids turn against this. Because right. some of them born again right. and they're Ooh, not. Point, yeah. You know, and some of them, isn't amazing that, I guess it takes a lot of prayer to get the whole family born again. Yes. And it, it, people do that. Well, it, actually, the, this is the message, so maybe it 
Keep your shirts on. Keep the lights on. Be like house servants waiting for their master to come back from his honeymoon. Awake and ready to open the door when he arrives and knocks. Lucky, lucky the servants whom the master finds on watch. Okay, this is actually bigger than what I just said. Um, lucky the servants whom the master finds on watch. He'll put on an apron, sit them at the table, and serve them a meal, sharing his wedding feast with him. With them, it doesn't matter what time of the night he arrives. They're awake and so blessed. Wow, wonderful. You know that if the house owner had known what night, what night the burglar was coming he wouldn't have stayed out late and left the place unlocked so you so don't be lazy and careless just when you don't expect him the son of man will show up peter said master are you telling this story just for us or is it for everybody the master said let me ask you who is dependable who is the dependable manager full of common sense that the master puts in charge of his staff to feed them well and on time He's a blessed man if when the master shows up, he's doing his job. Oh, Lord, good job, yeah. But if he says to himself, the master is certainly taking his time, begins beating up on the servants and the maids, throws parties for his friend and gets drunk, the master will walk in when he least expects it, give him the uh, trashing of his life and put him back in the kitchen peeling potatoes. Oh, (laughs) Lord. The servant who knows what his master wants and ignores it or insolently does whatever he pleases will be thoroughly trashed. But if he does a poor job through ignorance, he'll get off with a slap on the hand. And great gifts mean great responsibilities. Greater gifts, greater responsibilities. You know, it's amazing how how kind God is. A lot of people say, well, I want more of God, more of God. Mm -hmm. And I said, do you really want more of God? Why don't you work with what you have? What do you know? What do we know about God? Well, we know he's merciful. He's kind. He's full of grace. We know know that he he loves joy and laughter. And for us to spread, to be in the limelight, be in front of people. And they ask us, what is the reason for your joy? What is the reason for your talent? What is the reason? What are you talking about? You know, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Or Amen. You give a testimony and you plant seeds. Wow, I have cool. the uh, the Amplified Bible, and just to uh, let's let's go right here to um, verse fifty-five or fifty-six. You play actors, hypocrites. You know how intelligently to discern or interpret and prove the looks of the earth and sky. But how is it that you don't know how to discern and interpret and apply the proof of this present time, which is the Messiah? And why don't you not judge what is just and personally decide what is right? And see, stop your denial. Stop and think about it. You know, you know you're talking politics. You're talking, all those are excuses yeah. of not coming in, in terms with your Creator. He's in there. Then as you go with your accuser before a magistrate on the way, make a diligent effort to settle and be be quite free of him. Lest he drags you to the judge and the judge turn you over to the officer and the officer puts you in prison. A lot of people, I don't need salvation. I don't believe in God. I, don't be- I mean, it doesn't cost anything. 
if you know if a person knows everything in the whole wide world uh, and says everybody says I don't know everything everything's being discovered new things undiscovered so a person's going to say oh I discovered that there's no salvation you know and actually and there are people like that you know that say well I don't need any more that's all I need to know <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that yeah. but uh, the point is is that it's too easy not to say yes to the salvation message of Jesus it's just honesty I'm done I wrong and then you know and just say I need a savior I'm, I'm sorry I'm done I'm wrong well I, I think you know um, there's that place where you you don't just wait for Jesus to come back you know and not do your your destiny on the earth you know just put everything up well Jesus is coming back soon and not go forward in what he's called you to do with your giftings you have to be ready and continue to obey him in in I think it says earlier uh, you know that I don't know if I read it in the, the passion but you know he will per, put certain like a servant he'll put people in front of you to serve or to help or to encourage or to intercede for or to teach them the word of God you know I, I think you know This is a very interesting. <laughs> I just like, but uh, well, the thing is, it got to us, you know. I yeah. said, are we spending enough time to pursue the things of God? Are our hearts on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ? So, like I tell you, the easiest way an insurance policy is to say, when you lose your anger, let's say you have a bad habit of losing your anger, uh-huh. you say you got a and you got a bad habit, so you. You hook up a good habit on top of the bad habit. Every time you do a bad habit and you forget to say, I thank you, God, I'm a misfit, or I thank you, God, I get angry, then you have to say it again and again till you put the horse in back in, in front of the cart. And life will start. And you can feel the dopamine. You can feel the adrenaline. You can feel the, the, the easement of the peace of God come upon you when you start controlling your own house and <clears throat> controlling your own house the words that are going out and being you know control thyself through the Holy Spirit <clears throat> when you're among people that tick you off you know and they push your buttons you get and the Lord says you know to be to be forgive then that's that's a good one right there most of everybody it's hard to forgive we got to keep going over and over and over again to forgive. You know, it says, I think that there's a scripture, I don't have it on my fingertips at the moment, uh, but it, it says to be ready for the Lord in season and out of season. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, we don't want to be lax in this. We, we know Jesus is going to come back. The scripture says we don't know when. But in the in between time, we got to keep, You know, I like the way that the message says it here. It says in 42 to 46, the master said, let me ask you, who is the dependable manager full of common sense that the master puts in charge of his staff to feed them well and on time? He's a blessed man. If when the master shows up, he's doing his job. 
and then you know uh, unless the other in the, or the other person says unless you know the master is certainly taking his time and begins you know beating up on the servants and the maids throws parties for his friends gets gets drunk the master will walk in when he least expects it wow so you know i we we want to be doing what jesus has called us to do because he can come any moment we don't want to you know, slack off and say, well, he's not coming for another 15 years. I can go and do this. No, we have to keep, I like that. Who is the dependable manager full of common sense? That's a very good, um, you know, Jesus has put us in charge of certain, certain ministries, you know, whether it's at your home or the AA or, you know, at the gym, whatever that is, he puts us in position to, you know, what does it say? To spread the good news. You know, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you receive, freely you give. And, um, I mean, you know, the way he told the apostles um, when he commissioned them to go out, you know, there's opportunities he's going to put in our way. And, you know, there's, we got to, learn to discern what those opportunities are you know maybe your ministry is you know ministering to Alcoholics Anonymous newcomers maybe it's an Al-Anon woman who is in a um, you know just starting off and needs encouragement Um, maybe it's a child who's asking questions about Jesus maybe there's just so much you know you think it's a little thing but it isn't to God it's you know, he puts you in that position because he trusts you and you're, and you're a good manager for that particular moment or that particular month or year or whatever. And you, you, you know, you just keep being obedient to what the spirit is leading you to. Um, and you'll be blessed, it says here. He's a blessed man. If when the master shows up, he's doing his job. Um, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the... The thing that I get most and what I see mm-hmm. is the fact is that I see, you know, let's say for instance, uh, your your kid, your kids uh, busted the windows and it's winter time on your neighbor's thing, you know, and there's wind. And instead of being, you're going to go pay for them, you're going to go buy the material, put it on, and you tell the kids, you guys better be clean this house when I get back and have it clean and be ready and at least have a meal for me or have something I'm going to go in there and pay the price for what you've done wrong I see the the, the, the I said I just been thinking about how <clears throat> I have to go over there and pay for your price I have to go to the cross to pay for your price mm-hmm. and you're going to be over here feasting and yelling and, and, and carrying on with no uh, uh, self restraint you know because mm-hmm. you put a person in position of, of authority and that's why there's so much delegation and so much keep an eye on a person. We don't want a Hitler to come out again. Right. You know, a person of authority can turn really. Right. And we see that over and over. Even in the household, you know, a father becomes a control freak. The mother becomes a control So in the final analysis is uh, we have to get our heart. <laughs> there I go. We, <laughs> I, Fernando, myself, have to get my heart on fire. I know what it is to be on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, I was outside of my coffee and thinking, 
God told me not to think, just to go out and, and actually waiting on him. I didn't mm, know we were yeah. going to read this. I said, mm. just go out there with no book, no nothing. Right. Just... I was surprised to find you sitting out there. I looked all over. I walked from room to room because you're usually taking a nap since you've been up so early. And I walk around the house and I say to myself, did the rapture happen? <laughs> Anyways, my little chuckle. Um, and then I look and there you are sitting there still. I'm like, no recording. He's just... What is, Lord, what are you doing, you know? Stand still and see the deliverance yes, of the Lord. Yes, yes. Be still and know that I am God. You know, it's interesting that you got that message because a couple of days ago, I didn't know which way to turn. I don't know if that was a Sunday or I forget. But you weren't here and I just kept repeating, be still and know he's God. Be still because I didn't know where to go, see. So God was saying, well, how about just sitting down and being still for a minute, you know? And uh, I was just I was like, why am I walking around saying, be still and know, be still and know. And you're not God. being still. And I wasn't, you know, I was trying to figure it out. But the, I kept repeating, be still and know that he's God. Be still. And I finally just surrendered and sat because I wasn't going anywhere, you know. And sometimes that's what it takes. Be still and know what the, the, your next instruction is. Be still and know what he wants for your personal health. Be still and know you know, what he's going to do for you in your finances when you're, when we're worried about it, or, you know, be still because you have only so much time in a day to help people and you got a lot of stuff to do. So anyway, uh, you know, it's, amen. It's a, it's a confirmation message for us both, I believe. Amen. So he's got. for me is, um, my task, as I was thinking this morning, I was thinking, you know, I read some some of uh, Limitless Love last night. I, I read about three portions and I read it strong. But I know when God's heart hits me over the night when I read the right material. And I said, I didn't wake up with the with the love and the joy. I need to read, go back and read John, 1 John 1 through 5 or John 14, 15, 16, 7. When I read that, I sit down, I be still on the couch and I read it. Before I go to sleep, I'll have a good morning. I can feel the presence mm-hmm. of God. I can feel the presence of those yeah. words. So I'm always testing material, see if I'll feel the presence of the, of the Lord the mm. next day. Because, I, you know, I sleep on it. So, I'll, you know, what books are anointed? And the Lord has only showed me a couple of books, you know, maybe three books, you know, of my life. And visions. One of them was the Promises books by A.J. Gill or something. Mm-hmm. You got me another copy because I yeah. lost the original copy yeah. or gave it to somebody. Right. And the Joseph Prince book, that little uh, promises, the Bible yeah, promises. Book that I like a lot. Yeah, yeah. the brown one. I saw that. I saw a pa- an old pastor giving it to me, or something like that, or using it, and a pastor of mine. Anyway, <clears throat> other than that, let's go ahead and, and wrap up here. We got to get our day going. I have to take a kid to school. And eight fifteen. All right. Let's. Here's the uh, and go to make coffee for the park, and then take my brother to his bank and. And then we get to do our life. <laughs> Would you please finish up the reading for us? Uh, the, the, oh, the Psalms. I'm, like, I'm stuck on Luke here today, and I'm really like, wow, Lord, give me new material to ponder on today. Thank you, everyone, for coming today's uh, uh, reading. Yes, and let's go ahead and finish okay, up for I'll us. Finish the Psalms for in us. In Jesus' name. I okay, love you guys. Here we go. Uh, reflect on the relationship between Israel's obedience and God's presence 
Ask God to inhabit your life. Lord. Lord, Heavenly Father, we ask you to inhabit our lives. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we say, yes, Lord, we are in need of a Savior. Enhance and, and manifest yourself in our lives today. May our hearts burn with fire in what you came to do, Lord. We yes, accept Lord. Your, your, your cross. We accept that you died on the cross for us. You paid the price for our sins, Lord God. Now you're asking us our conduct at home, Lord. How are we going to act and waiting for you, Lord? We thank you for taking that care of that nonsense we did, Lord. And we show it by our gratitude, by praising you, thanking you, and being devoted to you, Lord. We thank you for our salvations, Lord. Thank you for coming into our hearts and making us brand new through your, through your love and the blood that you shed on the cross. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Psalm 78, 56 to 64. But they kept testing and rebelling against God Most High. They did not obey His laws. They turned back and were as faithless as their parents. They were undependable as a crooked bow. They angered God by building shrines to other gods. They made Him jealous with their idols. When God heard them, He was very angry and he completely rejected Israel. Then he abandoned his dwelling at Shiloh, the tabernacle where he had lived among the people. He allowed the ark of his might to be captured. He surrendered his glory into the into enemy hands. He gave his people over to be butchered by the sword because he was so angry with his own people, his special possession. Their young men were killed by fire Their young women died before singing their wedding songs. Their priests were slaughtered and their windows could not mourn their deaths. And Proverbs 12, 24 says, Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. Uh, Thank you, Father, for the Psalms and for reminding us, Lord, that uh, we want to be led by the Spirit and we also... Thank you. Uh, we want to obey what you're putting in our path, Lord Jesus. We ask you that we would have a a surrendered heart to you, Jesus. And Father, thank you for uh, developing uh, our giftings and our skills and our talents, Lord, that we may go out, preach the gospel, um, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, speak in new tongues. Freely we receive and freely we give, Lord. And we look forward to the time that you do come back again. And help us to prepare prepare for those moments, Lord. And thank you for clear uh, direction in our path, Lord. Where you place us, that we would be at the right place, at the right time, speaking the right things to your people, Lord. In Jesus' name, be blessed, enjoy, and praise the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is Lord. love april 25th the right side of the law for if you forgive men their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you forgive not men their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses matthew 6 14 and 15 sometimes in readiness 
excuse me, sometimes in reading these verses, people get the wrong idea about God. They think he's mad because they fail to forgive someone and as a means of punishment, he is withholding his forgiveness from them. But actually, that's not the case, folks. God wants to forgive us all, all the time, for everything. That's why he sent Jesus to the cross, so there never's a time when he is unwilling to forgive us. We can put him in a position, however, where he is unable to do it. And that's exactly what we do when we ourselves refuse to forgive. Here's why. Spiritual forces are real. They are either present somewhere or they're not. Two opposite spiritual forces can occupy the same place at the same time. We will either have one or the other. With that in mind, consider this. Whether you are giving it or receiving it, the spiritual fact is forgiveness comes from God. He generates it all. So when you decide to shut off the generator and walk in unforgiveness, you are cutting it off as its source. When you make forgiveness unavailable to your brother, it instantly becomes unavailable to you. That's a spiritual law, and there are no exceptions. So the only wise thing to do is walk on the right side of the law. Walk on the side of love and by forgiving others and keep God's forgiveness working for you. I try to forgive, you might say, but when I see the one who wronged me, I still feel angry and upset inside. What else can I do? You can stick to your spiritual guns and refuse to be moved by those feelings. Love isn't based on your emotions and neither is forgiveness. It's a decision of the heart. It's a functioning of your spiritual will. Once you've forgiven them as an act of your will, they'll f- they're forgiven whether you feel it or not. When you see that person on the street and your flesh reacts by tempting you to be cold or to simply ignore them, say to yourself, Oh, now, now, flesh, come on now, you can act like that. I f- you can't act like that. I've forgiven that person from my heart and regardless of my fleshy emotions, I intend to treat them with kind and love. From my heart, regardless of my fleshly emotions, I intend to treat them with kindness and love. I choose to forgive him and let it go. Then act by faith on that confession. As you do, you'll find over a period of time, you'll be completely cleansed from the effects of the wrong you suffered. Those old feelings will be gone, and with the foundation of forgiveness flowing, God will not only be willing, but able to do wonderful things for you. Amen. That was by Kenny Copeland. Cool article. And Fernando says, Forgive by writing it down in a piece of paper like a commitment and a ledger. I hereby do, Fernando, forgive uh, so-and-so for his conduct and how he offended me. I forgive him all measure and love. I give him the benefit of the doubt. I agree here before the world, before God and myself that I will pray for this person for the next 45 days and make the forgiveness sure. And then after the 45 days, I will approach the person or God will make it so. And it will be like water released from a dam, nothing holding back. All will be forgiven and love will appear. In Jesus' name, I sign it and date it. Amen. Something in that format 
But the commitment is an incredible thing. Now, moving on to April 26th, A Small Price to Pay, Limitless Love by Kenny Copeland. The scripture we're using is Matthew 5, 23, verse 26. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there remember it that thy brother has aught against thee, leave the gift there at the altar, and go away, and first be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer the gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly, while thou art in the way with him. Lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, that you shall by no means come on hands to it, that you have paid the uttermost farting. Isn't that interesting that we still use King James to this day? But that was an obscure passage for me. So let's see what Kenny Copeland has to say about that. When you find yourself at odds with another person, don't waste a minute. Go to them and get things straight. Do whatever it takes to preserve the bond of peace between you and them. Ephesians 4.23 And I know in some people it's impossible. You have to do it in the spirit. You got to do it in the spirit. You got to get on your knees and pray for that person five minutes a day and get it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit forgiveness hard for 15 consecutive days, five minutes a day. And I'm telling you, 15 to 45 days, you will release the forgiveness. You'll be the winner. You'll be acting in God's image. We will be acting in God's image. We will be on the winning side. Water will flow when we see that person. It will, it, we won't even remember the, the offense. That's the beauty of it. And we will move to our next blessing. And what we give to others, we will receive the same turn. Kenneth Copeland goes on to say, if they don't want to admit they're wrong and say you're the blame to the whole problem, don't argue. Agree with them. Be spiritually big enough to take responsibility for the whole situation. Humble yourself and say, I am at fault and I wanted to make it right. I love you and more than anything else, I want us to be in harmony with one another again. Boy, that's a little to uh, love. Unless they're they're in the the church and they're Christians, that's how you talk to each other. (laughs) Most of the time, that other person will jump up and say, no, 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 it was my fault too. I was wrong. Forgive me. Then for the next few minutes, you'll have a marvelous time arguing over who gets to take the blame and you'll end up loving each other more than ever. Even if that doesn't happen, you'd be better off because the Bible is very clear about what happens to us when we hang on to offenses and strife. We pay a high price. We end up in a prison of torment that affects not only our lives, but the lives of those around us. I'll just be blunt about it. Christians who insist on staying in strife are like diseased cells in the body of Christ. They mess up the cells that are connected to them. Take a group of Christians who love each other and are having a great time. Add one person who's mad at a couple of them, and before long, almost everyone will be mad at someone. That person will go from one brother to another, gossiping and spraying the spirit of offense until the whole group is spiritually sick. Since our Heavenly Father loves us at all children, 
uh, all of his children, he simply won't allow one of them to run around messing up the others for long. He'll shut them down in some way. He'll quarantine them spiritually until they strain up. If you think God won't do that in your case because you're right about the issue that's causing trouble, think again. As I said before, if you're in strife, even if you're right, hear me out, you're wrong. So whatever the problem might be between you and the other person, don't panic. Don't let it put you in prison. Let it go. Agree with your adversary quickly and be reconciled. It will cost you your pride, but that's small price to pay to stay free. And now I understand the passage. Agree with it quickly. In other words, either agree with the person quickly, and if he won't forgive you, go to prayer and pray for that person 45 days. At least you'll be justified clear through your Father in heaven who sees you in secret and will reward you openly. Amen. So it's kind of better you go to your father, don't you? You get a prize for it. April 27, Gloria Copeland, live it as love. Don't join hands with the devil. 1 John 3, 14 to 15 says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abided in death. Whoever hated his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. When we think about the fact that God is love, what usually comes to mind is how kind and gracious he is. We think about how strong he is in everything. That is wonderful and good. But sometimes we fail to consider that love, by its very nature, is totally opposite to the, that which is unloving. Love is a powerful enemy to all that's hateful and all that hurts or destroys. Even though we're God's dear children, if we start violating the law of love by treating others in hateful ways, we'll soon run into a sight of love we'd rather not see. Ken tells the story about how God spoke to him in no uncertain terms a few years ago, letting him know just how serious in his sight of refusal to walk in love can be. Apparently, someone had done something wrong. Ken hadn't let it go, and the Lord rebuked him sternly for it. Can it? He said, you need to think about the way you've been acting toward that man. You need to realize that if you were God, he'd be in hell right now. You'll have sent him to hell by refusing to forgive him. That was a sobering thought for me when I heard it. It made me extra glad that God is God and we're not. But it also made me realize that when we take the side of hate and unforgiveness, we're taking the devil's side. We're joining hands with the, the dammer of mankind and agreeing with him. We're abandoning life and stepping into death. That's inexcusable in the sight of love. It doesn't matter what reason we have for it. Either the results are the same. Some time ago, I saw a woman on television facing the murder of her husband. The trial was over, and she was given the opportunity to speak face-to-face with a man who'd been convicted to the crime. My, how that woman tore into that man. I'll never forgive you, she said. You have stolen my husband. You have stolen my children's father, and I hate you till the day I die. Later, the Holy Spirit said to me, that woman is as guilty of murder as he is. She committed it right there in the courtroom when she yielded to hatred. In the eyes of God, she killed him. 
You might think that's a little rough, and I'm certainly not judging that dear lady, but it does drive home the point. It is a sober reminder that love can abide with hatred. At any time or any reason, it's a strong incentive for us to walk continually in the light of love. Amen. I'm reading from the book, Limitless Love, by Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for our enemies. We thank you we have enemies. We thank you we have something we have to come to you, and it's eating our lunch. We thank you for the difficulty you're forgiving, Lord God. So we just pray for the people that that we have not forgiven, that maybe have passed on, Lord. We just pray and bless their souls and their bodies. And, Lord God, we just pray that we forgive them, Lord God. They be forgiven. I forgive, Lord. I forgive those ones who hurt me. I forgive them. Father, be glorified in this forgiveness venture, Lord. We just give you our all. You are our Father who art in heaven. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your will of forgiveness be established in our hearts as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our wrongs as we forgive, really forgive those who wrong against us. As a matter of fact, we pray and bless them for health, wealth, and prosperity. Amen. Happiness. Deliver us from evil, Lord, and keep us from temptation in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you, family, for stepping in today and the light of life.